Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate the Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing, but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Now, today I am going to get pretty real and raw with you guys because I've been keeping an eye on things as far as social media goes, and I've realized with a lot of alarm and apprehension that you guys are being given some pretty bad marketing advice, and I'm not going to say from who or where or why, because everyone has their own opinion and they're definitely entitled to that, but when I see somebody putting advice out there that I myself have tried and it's actually hurt my business, or if my clients have tried it and it's hurt their businesses, obviously it's my job to say to you guys, hey, you may want to take that advice with a grain of salt, do what's best for your business, do whatever you feel is best, because at the end of the day, the success or failure of your business and your marketing strategy are all on you. So I'm just going to do my due diligence in this episode, and I'm going to talk about the eight dangerous marketing tactics that you should be avoiding. And there's some pretty hot topics right now, so if you disagree with me, if you want to discuss it, feel free to head over to my Facebook group, Marketing for Home Pros, and we can discuss this episode there. All right, so the first thing I need to address uh, is a few things in the social media category, actually. There's quite a few things being said out there that you should or shouldn't do on your social media that it's going to hurt you if you follow this advice. So uh, the first thing is Instagram pods. Now, I know there are several companies out there who are promoting the use of Instagram pods to grow your Instagram following. And let me just be clear on something. I understand how hard it is to grow your following on social media. It's getting more and more difficult as the days go by because these social platforms are getting so complex. They're getting just saturated with users. I mean, millions and millions of users. And it can be hard to stand out. So I understand the attraction of wanting to be part of an Instagram pod. Now, for those of you who have no clue what an Instagram pod is, let me just break it down really quick. An Instagram pod is where you and maybe 5, 10, 12 other people band together on Instagram and you decide, okay, anytime someone in our little group or our tribe posts something, we all will go over to their post and we'll like it and we'll add a comment. That way that person is getting more interaction. It makes the post look good because who doesn't want an extra dozen comments on each image they post? And who doesn't like a few extra likes as well? So I totally get that. And I've tried it myself. Uh, Because like I said before in an earlier episode, when I give you guys advice, it's not something I'm just pulling out of thin air. It's something that I've tried myself. And if I'm warning you guys about something, it's because, you know, I've likely tried it myself and I know that it doesn't work. Okay, so the problem with Instagram pods is that it teaches Instagram to show your post more often to just the people in your Instagram pod or your little tribe. It does not 
increase the likelihood of your post being seen by other people. It literally just makes you feel better because you're getting more comments and likes per post. So here is the issue. Because Instagram has gotten so intelligent, it will start to realize, okay, the same people are liking the same posts as soon as they're posted. And it's going to end up hurting you because why on earth do you want to keep showing up in the feeds of these people that you're following if the people that you're following in this pod are not people you plan to do business with in the future? Now, it's okay to collaborate on Instagram and share each other's photos. In fact, that's a much better idea than doing an Instagram pod because then you are presenting your colleagues' work or information to your audience, and if they share your image and tag you, then they're presenting you to their audience. So it's okay to kind of like cross-breed your audiences. That's absolutely not a problem, and that will grow your following. But being part of an Instagram pod hurts you because all it's doing is telling Instagram, hey, these dozen people always like my posts, therefore always show my posts to them. It will not make your posts show up to other people outside of your pod. All right, so I'm going to get off my soapbox for that one, but I've just seen a lot of people out there saying, hey, let's start an Instagram pod. Let's grow our followings together. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. If your following is growing, it is not from an Instagram pod. It's from you just putting good content out there. Now, I will say one more thing. If the content you're posting is not eliciting its own interaction on by itself, and you have to be part of a tribe or an Instagram pod in order to get any likes or comments, you really need to reevaluate what you're posting because chances are you could really easily up level or upgrade what you're posting so that people will actually want to like it or comment on it on their own. Okay, now the next issue also has to do with Instagram and it is the idea that you don't need to use hashtags. Now, for anyone who is not sure what a hashtag is or what it does for your posts on Instagram, let me explain. Hashtags are those little pound symbols followed by a word or a string of words, so hashtag my workspace or hashtag girl boss, those things will categorize whatever photo you are posting. Now, contrary to the belief of many, you do not need to use hashtags just for things that are in the photo. So if you share a photo of a kitchen design, maybe it's something that you were staging or that you just got done doing an interior design project on, you don't have to say hashtag white kitchen, hashtag farmhouse kitchen. You can also say like hashtag dream home, hashtag dream kitchen. Just you need to think outside the box there. And if it happens to be a country home, you could say hashtag country life, or you could even hashtag country magazine or country living, because then you're getting the eye of publishers out there, which is always a good thing. But just think outside the box. If you are designing for a career professional, you can do hashtag girl boss or hashtag business or hashtag entrepreneurship because the people who will work with you and will want to be looking at what you're creating will find you through those hashtags. So don't hashtag with yourself in mind. Use hashtags that you know your potential client, your ideal potential client will be interested in. 
So when I'm posting things on social media, on Instagram in particular, I will do hashtag interior design. I'm not an interior designer and I occasionally will post photos of interior design, but that doesn't mean I only use the hashtag interior design when I'm posting photos that match that. It simply means that I understand the people that I love serving most are interior designers and home stagers, and therefore they're looking in those hashtag home staging, hashtag interior design sections, and so on. So it just makes sense to go where your customers are and to show up where they're already looking. All right, the next thing that has to do with social media on both Facebook, Instagram, Google+, whatever platform you're on is this. If you're posting only photos of your work or salesy things or promos where you've got like an image and then text over it that talks about a sale you're running, you need to rethink your strategy right now, like yesterday. What happens when you only post photos of your own work is, well, a few things happen, to be honest. First of all, you, you're talking about yourself the whole time, and the rule with social media is you need to be talking about yourself and your business about 20% of the time, and the other 80% of your content should be directly geared towards the people that you want to serve, and you should be either inspiring, educating, or informing them in about something in some way. You can be teaching them things about home staging, offering interior design tips, but don't be saying, hey, book me for a consult, because nobody will care to book you for a consult unless they first feel like you've given them a reason to and given them value. So I like to go back to Gary Vaynerchuk's philosophy on social media, where it's basically you, you give and you give and you give, and then you ask for the sale. And then you give and you give and you give and you give, and then you ask for the sale. The problem I see a lot of home professionals dealing with on social media is that they ask and ask and ask and ask for the sale, and they never get any sales. Because you have to first establish yourself as someone worthy of the sale. And that means being helpful, being inspiring, educational, and really socializing. So the other thing that happens when you're only posting photos of your own work on social media is that, well, none of us have endless portfolios. I mean, you're going to run out of things to post eventually, and then your social channel is going to go silent, and it'll look like you went out of business. So that's not a good thing either. What you can be doing, though, is remembering that your ideal client is a well-rounded person. They are not just interested in what you do. They're also interested in things like travel or lifestyle or beauty or fashion. Maybe they're interested in green beauty, like makeup. Maybe they're interested in holistic living. Once you narrow down what your ideal client is truly interested in, you can be posting things from those categories of life too. That way you present yourself as a well-rounded professional and someone who truly connects and builds relationships with your audience. All right, so the other thing I see people doing or encouraging others to do on social media that is more damaging than anything is posting polarizing content. Now, I'm not saying that you can't post about politics or religion. I tend to stay away from politics, but I will post about religion. 
I'm a Christian and I'm so happy to be one and I don't force it on anyone, but I do include references to God or my faith in my Instagram captions. That's totally fine and I can promise you it doesn't have any negative side effects. If it does, that's okay. What I'm saying is don't try to start arguments. Don't post things that you know people are going to just automatically disagree with or call you out on because that sets you up as a troublemaker more than a tastemaker. And we don't want those two terms to get confused when the people mention your name. Okay, so I will step off of my social media soapbox for now. If you guys want to discuss anything I've just mentioned, we're not done yet, so don't go anywhere. But if you do want to discuss anything I've just mentioned, again, go to the Facebook group Marketing for Home Pros where we can discuss this episode in more detail. All right, guys, so the fifth dangerous marketing tactic that you should avoid switches us to a new category. So all along we've been talking about social media. Now it's time to transition into email marketing. I have had the most difficult time holding my tongue when I see people on social media telling you guys what you should or shouldn't be doing as far as email marketing. It literally, I wish you guys could see the look on my face when I read certain things that people post on Facebook about, you know, how you should grow your list or even if you should. I, I, I like twitch. Okay. I just sit here in my office chair and I'm like jumpy and I seriously start typing a response to that person or I find their email address and I'm about to email them and be like, what are you doing? Don't tell them that that's going to be so detrimental. But then I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion and maybe they have a really good reason for giving that advice. But just like I said at the beginning of this episode, I have to do my due diligence. And if you guys are being told something that I know for a fact does not work and could actually be harmful to you or your business, I have to say something. All right. So here is the first issue under the email marketing category that I see people telling you you should do that you really shouldn't be doing. All right, so the first piece of bad info is inauthentic ways to grow your mailing list. So I have had people say things all over the board, such as you don't need to grow your mailing list. There's no point to a mailing list. And then then I've seen other people say the best way to grow your mailing list is to go to different events and then collect people's business cards and put them in your mailing list that way. And I like freak out anytime somebody mentions that to me because in the U.S. at least, I'm not sure about Canada, the U.K. or Australia, so if you're listening from those countries, don't quote me on this, but in the U.S. we have very strict anti-spam laws. So if you go collect email addresses without the owner's permission, the owner of that email address, and then you start emailing them, if you get marked as spam or flagged as spam too many times, the anti-spam laws will come into effect and there is an organization that oversees all of that and you can get fined up to ten thousand dollars per spam email you send so this is some pretty serious stuff that's why you need to make sure that when you're adding people to your mailing list they actually want to be there that means don't you dare purchase email lists don't go around and collect business cards and put them on your list make sure that you are being very authentic with how you grow your list i mean After all, from a common sense perspective, 
Wouldn't you want to be marketing yourself to people who actually want to hear from you as opposed to people who have no idea who you are? Because the people who have no idea who you are and then they hear from you, they're just going to be so irritated that not only will they unsubscribe or mark you as spam or both, but they will also have a very negative impression of your business. And none of those things are things that should happen. Okay, so the other thing is I have had some coaches, some other marketing professionals say, you know what, you don't need to send an email newsletter. Emails are a thing of the past. But what you'll find if you look at the stats is that email marketing is the most underutilized, likely because of that advice I just mentioned, and the most effective marketing tool out there because while Facebook and Instagram will always be changing and will never be able to control how they change, one thing that doesn't change is how we can send emails to people. And it doesn't change the fact that when we email someone, it's a message directly from me to you or directly from you to your target client. Whether or not they choose to open that newsletter is up to them. But if you're constantly reaching out like every four weeks with a newsletter that educates, educates, inspires, or entertains people, you'll be doing your job right. Do not constantly sell to people. And that's likely where some of that advice stemmed from when people said, don't do email marketing. What they really meant was, don't spam people. Don't push your services. Don't push your sales or your promotions in their face through their inbox because nobody likes that. I don't. I will unsubscribe all day long from things like that. But if somebody is reaching out and offering advice that's actually relevant to me, then heck yeah, give it to me. That would be awesome. So you have to make sure that the people in your list want to be in your list. And you have to make sure that what you're giving them every month is something that they can actually use. Now, as you know, I do have a platform that creates email newsletters for you that you can customize and send out to your mailing list. If you're interested in that, listen to the end of the episode or look at the link in the description box where you can go check that out. Right now though, it's on to the next thing. Now, some people say that building your social media following is a lot more important than your email list. Now, from a vanity perspective, I can see what they're talking about. I mean, who doesn't like going to Instagram and seeing like 5,000, 10,000 likes or followers next to their name? That's awesome, but it doesn't do anything for your bottom line. It's more important that you grow your mailing list because here's the thing, guys. Every Instagram influencer is one algorithm change away from bankruptcy. That's right. If the algorithm changes even just a little bit, it affects how fast these people are growing their followings. It affects how fast you are growing your followings or even if you will continue to grow, which means that everything you have on social media does not belong to you, not in the slightest. So why would you put all your time and effort into trying to become an influencer or amass thousands and thousands of followers when it could all be gone in a day, in an hour? in a second. Instead, focus on building your mailing list because that is yours. You own that. Nobody can take it from you. No algorithm change can lessen its value. It is yours. All right, guys, the final and the eighth dangerous marketing tactic that you should avoid has to do with SEO companies. 
I really hope I don't get a lot of angry emails from SEO companies now, but this is the price I pay for telling you guys what I really feel you need to know. All right, so if you have ever worked with an SEO company, I bet the experience wasn't quite what you had hoped. Now, if you worked with an SEO company or you have currently been working with an SEO company and you love it and you're getting real results from it, would you please email me? Because I would love to know that there's a company out there who really delivers and I would love to refer a lot of business to them too. Now, back to it. So any client I have ever worked with and again, from any major English speaking country in the world has told me their frustrations with SEO companies. Now, for those of you who do not know what an SEO company is, um, first of all, SEO is search engine optimization. So the job these companies set forth to accomplish is to make sure that your website shows up in search results and they will charge you a premium of about you know, 300 to $500 a month to make this happen. And they will send you monthly re reports, or at least they should. And if they're doing their job, you should be able to have trackable leads that convert into paying clients directly from their efforts because their job is to manage that data and to prove to you that what they're doing and what they're charging you hundreds of dollars for every month is actually working and adding value to your bottom line. Now, if they cannot show this and if every marketing report they send you looks about the exact same or if they're not sending you monthly reports it's time to take a look at where you're spending your money because think of all the other things you could be doing with that 300 to 500 dollars a month now i'm not saying that all seo companies are bad because i certainly have not dealt with all of them but what i am saying is that every interior design or staging client I have ever worked with, and I've worked with many since I've been in business for about four years, every client I've worked with who has worked with a staging company as well has tried to get out of that contract as quickly as possible. But unfortunately, contracts by their very nature lock someone in and they are so happy for the day that they get out of them. And I think that is such a shame because there is a ton of value in SEO and if companies would deliver and if they would not charge such a large premium because there is no need to charge that much, it could bring a ton of value to designers and stagers everywhere. But what I will say is if your website was built correctly, it already has its own SEO. And the other thing that you can do to get better SEO is blogging. Whether you blog by yourself weekly or bi-weekly or hire a professional blogger, and I will put a link in the description to a professional blogger for the interior design and staging communities because she is awesome and she's a personal friend of mine. Now, what I want you guys to understand is you don't need to hire a company to manage your SEO, just like you don't need to hire a company to manage your social media. But if you want to, there is nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that you're getting the right results from your SEO company. Now, to be fair to them, let me explain what they realistically should and should not be doing and what they should and should not be held accountable for. If your SEO company also built your website, it is their job to make sure your bounce rate stays below 40%. Ideally, your bounce rate should be 
under 20% or even under 10%. Personally, mine is under 9%. And you need to make sure that you're tracking that bounce rate. If you make updates to your website or if they make updates to your website and your bounce rate starts to go up, then you have to do something. Now, for anyone who does not know what a bounce rate is, the bounce rate is the amount of people who come to your website and instead of clicking to learn more or clicking anywhere on the site, they just land on your home page and then they leave. They land on any page and they leave. They don't click anywhere. They're not interested. They're just like, okay, forget you, goodbye. That is a very bad thing because if your website does not entice people to go further, they're never going to give you their information so that you can market to them so that you can nurture those leads and they're never going to contact you either, which is the most important part. So make sure that your bounce rate or the percentage of people landing on your website and leaving stays below 40%. And that shouldn't be hard to do because 40% is a pretty high percentage. Okay, so you need to understand though that if your SEO company was not responsible for building your website, the bounce rate is on you to improve. You also need to make sure that you are blogging regularly because unless your SEO company is doing that for you, you need to find someone who will do it or make time to do it yourself. That is the biggest way to get better SEO. You also need to make sure that you or someone else is managing your social media. That does wonders for SEO. And you need to really look at what's included in your SEO package. Are they just monitoring keywords? If so, do you really want to pay three to $500 a month for that? Because you could easily monitor your own keywords just by using Google Analytics. Or you could simply make sure that your web designer built your site the way it was supposed to be built and that they put the SEO into your site because there's honestly no reason why you have to pay an ongoing fee for SEO. There really isn't. I don't, I never have, and my clients don't either once they get out of those contracts, by the way. And they have no problem with bounce rates. They have no problem getting found on Google. No issues whatsoever. Now I will say that if you have a brand new site, it will take a little bit of time for your SEO to build itself up. That's normal, nothing is instant. I know we all love the microwave approach of throw something in for two minutes and then voila, you've got popcorn, but that's not how marketing works. That's how advertising works. And advertising is a short-term strategy. Marketing is a long-term one that has much higher profits. So if you're working with an SEO company, again, I am not saying they're all bad, but if you know of a good one and you're really happy with the trackable results that they have brought you, please reach out to me in the Marketing for Home Pros Facebook group because I would love to be connected with a good SEO company. Like I said, my clients have had such frustrating experiences with them. Um, from poor customer service to absolutely no results um, to just really high price tags and year-long contracts or six-month contracts that they want to get out of, but they just can't. It's very frustrating, and I feel really bad for anyone who's stuck in that position. And again, if you know of a good SEO company, please tell me. Okay, so guys, that is all I have for today. Those are the eight dangerous marketing tactics that you should be avoiding, and I'm just gonna run through them really quickly. So you'll need to be avoiding Instagram pods, 
You need to make sure you're using 25 to 30 hashtags on each image you post on Instagram. Make sure you're posting more than just photos of your own work. Treat your followers like the real and well-rounded people that they are. And stay away from posting really polarizing content. Next, make sure that you're growing your email list authentically. And don't skip sending your monthly email newsletter. That is huge. Put a lot of focus into building your mailing list. In fact, more focus than you would put on your social media. Lastly, the SEO. I've really harped on that one, so I'm not going to repeat it. Just do your own due diligence because the profitability and success or failure or the wasted money of your business is completely up to you. So I am going to be here as the shot caller, calling anybody out if they're giving really bad advice, but I'm not calling people out as in like emailing them or commenting because like I said, people have a reason for the advice they give and maybe their advice really worked for them. But if I see advice being given that I know for a fact has hurt my clients or has hurt my business, I have to tell you guys. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Kate Show. If you want to discuss this episode, head it over to Facebook or you can go to my website, katethesocialite.com. Thanks for listening to The Kate Show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.